Welcome to the Pod Kiwiwi Instant Reactions post game show. The Thai Cats win 30 to 27 in a dramatic finish at uh, Tim Hortons Field tonight. This game was way closer than I thought it would be, way more dramatic than I thought it would be. It uh, should have been uh, an easier win, in my opinion, but the Thai Cats barely squeak out the win. They, their record improved to 7 and 10. And their playoff hopes got a lot better tonight. What would you think of the game, Josh? I hate to start off by disagreeing with you, buddy, but I actually thought this game was going to be quite close. I think Ottawa is, especially with Bob Dice, head coach, been much better the last few weeks. So it didn't surprise me. Surprised me that it came down to the final play of the game. I'll, I'll say that for sure, but it doesn't surprise me this was a close game. But what, what nickname do we come up with for, uh, for Seth Smalls? I got two for you. We can call him Biggie like Biggie Smalls, or mm-hmm. we can call him Big Balls Seth Small. What do you think? Which one do you like better? Which Biggie or Big Balls? <laughs> I, like big ba- I like Big Balls just because of the CFL connection of, uh, yep. you know, our, our balls are bigger, you know, back in the day. So uh, Big Balls Seth Smalls with another big game. You know, he missed the one field goal, but, I mean, this guy's been money since he's been on this team. Absolutely. That Well, that's why he's got the Big Balls, right? Like he's mm-hmm. nuts as – Balls of steel, man. Like, it doesn't seem as if the big moment phases him at all. And that shouldn't surprise anyone that knows his history, like knows where he's from. He kicked at Texas A&M last year. And anyone who watches college football, as as I know you do somewhat, I do quite a bit, uh, kicked the game-winning field goal in in, uh, at, at home in Texas A&M uh, against Alabama, who went on to play in the National right. Championship last year. So he... He has big game experience, and once he sort of found his groove after coming up this season, like he he was with the team in training camp, and I've seen a lot of people talk about, oh, the Ticats clearly don't know what they're doing because they, they got rid of him. That was a ratio decision that had nothing to do with the quality of the player. So these, things, these decisions happen on teams across the league every year where you can't keep every great American player you find. But they finally made the decision to go Canadian at punter. They bring Small back. Uh, I believe it was sometime in, I think it was after the first bye week in July. And, you know, at, at first you're a little concerned because it's a new guy. But he's he's been about as reliable as a kicker as this team has had since Justin Medlock. And that's not taking anything away. Brett Maher, when he was here for a season, had a great year. Liram Hyrulahu became, especially his second season, with the, with the team a much more reliable player. Uh, place kicker but small man it, it do you have any doubt that he like when they when they got into field goal range did you have any doubt in your mind that he was going to make that kick they were going to win out on a walk-off because i didn't i thought i knew that i knew the game was over and he was going to win that game yeah especially when they got so close you know with that wind and you can you can speak to it more than i can because obviously i wasn't there you were uh you know i felt more comfortable once they drove down to about the 20 yard line i believe it was uh set him up for you know I knew that he wasn't going to miss that field goal, but I need further, and I was a little bit nervous. Yeah, they it was very windy at, at Tim Hortons Field tonight, especially going. They were go, we're going to discuss the team's decision with taking the ball and taking the wind in a second, but going into the wind, I, we watched him. Uh, didn't get there early enough to see pregame warmups, but halftime after the uh, just before halftime ended, it looked like his range from that distance was about forty-two yards. So they got him well within his range, and he's got a massive leg on him. We, we know that. He's hit a couple 57-yarders this year already. Yeah. There, was, there was no question that he was going to nail that one. And here we are now, 
a Riders loss tomorrow to the Calgary Stampeders or a win next week in Ottawa, and we're going to the playoffs, baby. And who'd have thought, we, after all these years of hating the Stamps, we're cheering for the Stamps tomorrow. Yeah, no kidding. NFL can be sometimes. Yeah, it'll feel quite weird, but, um, you know, not a very hot start to this game for the offense, though, Josh. Uh, Dane Evans did not look good early on. He started 0-5, his first five passes, not a completion. Uh, he just looked out of sorts in this game. Did, did you see the same thing? Yeah, he was missing some guys high, especially. He he missed Tim White. This was later in the game, but he missed Tim White open in the end zone on a, on a bomb. He There was a third down gamble at midfield, again, probably later in the game than you're talking about now, where he missed he missed it high. He, he, ha, he had a rough outing. He obviously came out of the game late in the game with an injury. Looks like it's a thumb or wrist type, type deal. But, man, I, I do have to say the – the guts that he displayed to kind of bounce back from a poor, poor, like he hasn't had a great performance. I don't think he played particularly well last week. Uh, the win against the Riders, I, like he hasn't really played well since the game against the Bombers really over a month ago now. But that, that the run where he hurt himself, I've seen some comments being like, that's why you slide feet first. He had to die for that. He had to go head first, yeah. first down. So yeah. It, it was it was not a great performance by him, and his numbers will bear that out. Um, but I do have to just get he he made the one play that this team needed him to make tonight, even though he made a like some of those the fumble on the first series was bad, the interception was bad. There was we he I think he had one or two interceptions called back because of an Ottawa penalty. Mm-hmm. We we saw some bad Dane Dane tonight, and uh, hopefully he's he's not too injured because I do think that his big game experience will help this team come playoff time, but. Yeah, he was not he was not in tip top form today by any means. And I thought they would pound the rock more. Um I I, I you know, they ran the ball a fair amount. Um and Sean Thomas Erlington came in after Don Jackson's uninjured and played really well, I thought. But I thought they would hand off the ball or more, you know, more often early on and they they didn't do that. No, they did end up I on my way home, I was looking at the stats. They did end up rushing for 177 yards, but there yep. was Matthew Schiltz had a big 20 some odd yard run. You mentioned Sean Thomas Johnson had a couple. He had one at the end of the half that basically was meaningless because there was not enough time left to do anything with where they had the ball at that point. So, yeah, I was I was a little surprised. The thing that surprised me the most though was when they did run the ball, they were running it when they had the wind. Like they ran the ball more in the first and the third quarter. I'm going to have to look into the numbers to see if this bears out, but it felt to me as if they ran the ball more in the first and third quarter than they did in the second and fourth when they didn't have the win. And I thought that was a very bizarre decision, especially to start the game with, with some runs, even though they weren't necessarily all that efficient in their running. Yeah, no, it's funny. They had the, the wind in the first and the third quarter, which is an interesting decision. We might as well just get into it now. Sure. I, I, I couldn't believe it with, with how yep. strong that win was that they would make that decision, win the coin toss, and then elect to, to get the ball right off the start. Yeah, and it looked like a disaster early because they fumbled it on the first series. Yeah. Second or third yep. play of the game, and they fumbled the ball, and you're thinking, oh, oh boy, okay, uh, this isn't uh, – that, that that was a waste because you're right. I don't understand – there's been some coaching decisions this year, and I'm sure we're going to get into the third down gamble, or maybe we will, maybe we won't. I don't know. You're, 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 you're steering the ship tonight, <laughs> tonight as always, pal. But there's been some curious coaching decisions from this team this year, and that to me – with and the wind was strong. Like I can't, like obviously you saw it on the kicks and and on the way the teams work their offense going into and going with the wind. 
it, it, it was baffling to me when they won the toss and then opted for the ball. I just, it, that goes against almost anything, like any sort of logic that I can think of. Yeah, it didn't make any sense to me. And, and like you said, you know, the play calling was also interesting because they appeared to run the ball more than they, or at least, you know, run the ball more than you'd think they would uh, with that wind behind them, that strong wind behind them. Well, and that's but, the thing you know, too. If, yep. if, their, if their game plan was we're going to run the ball early, then why not go in, like why not take the wind in the second quarter? You know what I mean? Like why not defer to the second half? The Red Blacks would have probably chosen to receive – Hamilton could have had the wind in the first, you know what I like that's the thing I don't understand. It looked like early on their their whole game plan was around getting the running game established as they had done the last few weeks. And yet they still took the ball and, and didn't maximize. Like I thought they did a really poor job both both quarters that they had the wind. I think they ended up scoring maybe 13, 16 total points. That, yeah. and it was, like it was it was a, again one of those things where if had this gone the wrong way it would have, it would be a major major talking point for everyone throughout throughout the entire week. Yeah, and then, you know in the first quarter I think they scored ten points, and then in the third quarter uh, they got down near the end, like the, the last play of the third quarter. Right. They threw a bomb to the two yard line, and then they just plunged in the start of the fourth quarter. And so. I thought they, I thought they were going to bugger that up too because it was second and long, and I'm thinking they're not going to get this playoff, they're not going to get far enough, and they're not going to be able to kick the field goal. Like I thought. Again, with the way this season's gone, I know that they've, they've won three in a row, four of their last five. It's It's been a, a great end to the season. But there's still that nagging piece in the back of your head that's like, well, oh, they're going to screw this up. Yeah, and it just, it just you know, you don't you can't trust the offense. It's just like from game to game, it's going to be different. So if, if, if Dane Evans shows up and he's good Dane Evans and he's leading this team, then I think we'll be pretty good. We're a pretty good squad, but... Um, if he doesn't show up and he has a bad game, then, you know, we can still obviously like the last couple of weeks, we scrapped out wins, but it's going to be tough in the playoffs. Um, but what do you think about Matthew Schultz when he came in? He looked pretty good again. He, you know what? He did exactly what a backup quarterback is supposed to do. He came in, he made plays, he didn't lose the game and he set the team up for success. Like that's, there's a reason he's on this football team and, and depending on how injured Dana is going forward, he might be the guy that's going to have to try to lead us to a gray cup. Um, But no, I I thought, I thought he was, I thought he was, he was his typical reliable self, which is what he's been this entire season and basically his entire career in the CFL. He's always been a very, you know what you're going to get with Matthew Schiltz. That, that run though, when he, when he saw the red Mm -hmm. seas part and, and ran the down the middle of the field, like he was Moses, that was that was a key play that, that won them this game. Yeah, absolutely. Then the uh, wide receiver screen pass or whatever it was to Tim White, who yep. Tim White had a, had another great game, uh, seven receptions for 113 yards. He just seems to be getting better and better each week. Yeah. he. So I got my ballot this week for the Ticats Player Award nominees. And uh, we're when we record our, our show proper on Tuesday – the nominees won't be announced. They don't get announced until Wednesday. So I will have made my my picks for that. And you and I, I'm going to make them public. I'm I'm probably going to publish an article about them on Three Down. And I'll obviously you and I will have a chance to discuss that. I think Tim White. I can't think of unless I'm going to give it to Seth Small. I think Tim White's going to be my Tie Cats Most Outstanding Player nominee. He's just he, he started the season slow, and it was. And you and I have talked almost endlessly about this team needs a number one receiver. 
Tim White over the second half of this season has really started to blossom into that number one role. So maybe the Ticats don't need to go out and, and grab a number one guy. Maybe he's already in the building and he wears number 12. Yeah, maybe just, you know, another addition to the squad. Maybe not, you know, to take over that number one spot, but just a, a veteran receiver in the offseason to maybe, you know, have give this uh, receiver's core some leadership and, and all yeah. that good stuff. Uh, but a, a pretty good game from your boy, Anthony Johnson, as well. You know, he had that big catch at the end of the third quarter, four receptions for 75 yards. He looks pretty good. Yeah, he had a big catch at the end of the quarter. He had a big one that set up, I think, another touch. I think he had two catches that set up both of Dane's uh, plops, as you like to call them, in this game. I, I'm, I told you I was, I've been impressed by him since May. It's nice to see him get back in there. And I, th- I thought he was, uh, he was very, very solid today. Steven Dunbar, though, worries me a little bit. His, his, mm. his inability to, to, whether it's drops or fumbles, is starting to, starting to concern me slightly. What about you? Yeah, I thought the same thing when he had that fumble earlier tonight that, you know, was, uh, was a big swing in the game and, and could have cost us. But, you know, he, he, he's a big play guy and he can make things happen. But you're right. You have to, in the back of your mind, you're thinking, mm. You know, he could drop, a, you know, an open pass or he could fumble the ball and they could get a big return. So, yeah, there's a little bit of risk, you know, passing him the ball. And he's a big, strong dude, too. So it's weird to see him, like, just have the ball ripped out of his, right. his arm, you know? Like, that's, that's I think, like, they, they even announced it in the, sta- in the stadium as Tim White got stripped because it's like, okay, you know what, Tim White, smaller guy, speedier guy, I can see that happening. And then when they showed the replay, it's like, oh no, it was Dunbar. And it's like he's he's a thick dude. It, it was very surprising mm-hmm. to see him see him lose the ball. But that's sort of been a little bit of his undoing this year. The the reason he hasn't taken the next step to superstardom is is stuff like that, drop balls and 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 fumbles. So, so it's it's one of those things where in a loss it would have been magnified more than it will be in a win. But I I still want to bring it up because I don't I still think like this team didn't play a perfect game. They lost a turnover battle by three. Like yeah. Evans threw a couple of, of bad interceptions, the fumble there. They turned it over on a on a Evans miscue on a on a pass that the receiver, I think it was either Johnson or Dunbar, was open, should have been able to hit him right in the numbers, overthrew him. Like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there were miscues in this game, despite the fact that they came away with a three point win. So I just I, I, I know we're all jubilant and we want to we're we're a stamp like I said earlier, we're a Stampeders win or or a win next week by the Ticats from getting back into the playoffs and that's rah, rah. I want to be all that, but this was far from a perfect game. And maybe, maybe it's good. They have this game now. You know what I mean? They, they have this game in a game that they ultimately won against a division opponent in a game that, that mattered, but at the same time, a loss tonight wouldn't have ended their season. You know what I mean? Like I'd rather them have this type of game now than in two weeks time when they're in Toronto or Montreal playing in the East semi and they have this game and, and they, their season's over. You know what I mean? Yeah, I just I jump back to the, the you know the Evans and the Schultz uh, talk. I, I I feel good if the, if Evans going to be the starting quarterback. I feel good with Matthew Schultz behind him. You know what I mean? Like yep. if if Evans falters, just like Mazzoli in the playoffs last year, if he if he falters, I feel comfortable with Matthew Schultz leading the way for this team. So it's it's a good feeling to have, um, you know, having two you know pretty good quarterbacks. Uh, now switching to the defensive side of the ball, I got you know we got a, we got him in a trade a couple of weeks ago. Cedric Wilcox made a big play tonight on a sack strip that turned over the ball for the Ticats. 
the only turnover they had of the game, and it was a big one. So, I mean, we we lamented the trade of Alden Darby, but it's already paying dividends for the team. The defense, mm-hmm. this was a weird one for the defense, right? Because you take out that second quarter where they, the Red Blacks scored 21, only 14 was scored by the offense. The Red Blacks defense scored one. They basically they only allowed six points. Basically, I know it's not a shutout, but it's basically a shutout the rest of the way. You're telling me this team's going to give up six points over three quarters of football? I'm going to take that every week. But then mm-hmm. you have the one quarter where they kind of, you know, soiled themselves a little bit, but it was still enough. Still wasn't enough for Ottawa to get the win. But what did, what did you think? Did you th- I, like? I thought it was an up and down performance, but I think aside yeah. from that second quarter, I thought they were excellent. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I thought it was, you know, not their best performance of the night, but I, you know, of the uh, season. But uh, I thought they did enough to to get the win, obviously. And you know, with the big loss of Dylan Wynn in the middle, it's going to be tough. Uh, he's not easily replaceable. But Micah Johnson, you know, a pretty good game from him. Three defensive tackles and two sacks. A pair of sacks, yeah. And Ottawa was having a little bit of success early running the ball, and huh? then. That was it. Nothing. Like, I don't I, – I, if I recall correctly, I think they ran for some 70-something yards, and I thought that Jackson Bennett, former Ticat, was doing a heck of a job in the in the first half running on him, and then it, it just – they. I don't know if it was a decision or if it was just the way the game was going. They went away from it, and then when they went back to it, Hamilton's run defense, which is still the best in the league, stiffened up considerably. So this team's going to have to go against guys like William Stanback – even though I'm not the hugest fan of him, uh, that Ouellette guy in Toronto, and probably have to play a really good running back, whether they play BC, Calgary, or Winnipeg in the Grey Cup. And it certainly seems like they have the guys up front to, even if, even if a couple of plays get broken, they're going to stiffen up and and not allow much in the run game. And when it, when it gets cold like it was tonight, well, although it wasn't necessarily cold, it was just windy, but it's going to get cold soon. That's a... Uh, that's a that's a that's a really good way to to win football games late in the season. When no, November football is, is a lot of running, and you're going to get some big bruising backs, Ticats have the guys to get the job done. Yeah, and I just hope that you know approaching if we make the playoffs, um, that we can get some pressure from the outside on that defensive line. You know, like we talked about, maybe Wilcox is a guy that can really help out with uh, Julian Hauser to get the pressure off the ends because that would be, I think that would be a huge deal for this team. You can never have too many quality defensive ends in this league, ever. I totally agree. Anything else you want to touch on on the defensive side of the ball? I, I thought the the defensive backs, if they limited Ottawa. I think the Red Blacks threw for fewer than 175 yards. I thought the DBs were kind of flying over the place. There was a number of pass breakups that I saw tonight. I think three or four guys in the secondary knocked passes out of receivers' hands or, or forced incompletions, so... I thought the secondary played really well. And Jovan Santos knocks once again. I think um, – I, I know there's there, there's been some talk in Ticats land about who should be the team's most outstanding defensive player nominee. But he came up with a big block pass on a, on a second down throw tonight. And he's just been all over the field this year. He's He's been outstanding. Simone Lawrence has been missing for most of the year. Dylan wins a big veteran presence on this team that's gone. And Jovan Santos knocks has kind of filled that leadership role but he's also brought his his A game. He's been he's been phenomenal. Maybe maybe the most consistently great player this team's had since the season started. Yeah, he, he's been great this year. Uh, what what do you think about the third down gambles tonight? It doesn't seem that they're paying off very often for this team. 
They're not, but I was fine with the call. You, yeah. you're, at, you're at midfield. You want to do your trail. I believe they were still trailing at the time. You want to do something. It's third and two. It was in the third quarter too, right? With the win, you got to capitalize yeah. on that, right? So that just it, like, just, that, like, so that's another thing that we would be talking about in this game if uh, yep. if it had gone the wrong way is how this this team failed to capitalize on on the two times they had the win. They were they were not very efficient with the ball, and they were not very successful with the ball. So I'm I'm fine with it. You're around midfield uh, to me, and maybe this is just I'm I'm more aggressive than your average football fan or football coach. You're third and, and less than three at midfield. I'm I'm going for it almost every time. There, obviously, there'd be circumstances where I wouldn't, but I the, the play worked. If Evans had thrown the ball properly, yeah. it would have been a first down. So yeah. it was an execution execution made that decision a bad one, not 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 the call itself. And then that didn't matter anyway. Ticats got the red of the day. I think they held them to a minimal gain on first down. I think I think they got a sack on second down and made them punt anyway. So. No harm, no foul, but I'd like the call personally. Yeah, I'm with you, Drew. I like them being aggressive, and you know the, the throw just wasn't there. The receiver was open on the slant, and it was uh, it was a high ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was it. Uh, all right, let's get to the Twitter comments. Uh, my favorite, my favorite part of the post game show. Yeah, love it. Uh, from Steve Passfield. So we win the coin toss and have the win in the third quarter. What the WTF? All right. If you've listened to the first. 25 minutes of this, you know how we feel about that. Yeah. Oh, this one from a lovely Argonauts fan. Two line pass, two lines pass. Congrats, Ty Cats barely beat the last place team. Best part is the season ticket holders get a credit for their playoff tickets towards next season. Okay. okay. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Didn't the Argos lose to the Red Blacks this year at home? Yeah, they did. Caleb Evans beat them in a game right. in Toronto earlier this year. So, you know, these these doofuses come on here and and oh we got you oh here, look we're gonna we're gonna take a shot and look at your own history buddy you, you took an l to the same team that we just beat so i mean i'd rather i'd rather win a close one than than lose regardless so eat it. yeah and it could it could be said that the red blacks are playing their best football of the year um the at red this moment in time they fired i, I maybe, maybe great stretching it but i think they, they, i think they've played their three best games Yep. This year, in the last three weeks, the, the two games against Montreal on this one, they're a they're a good football. There's talent on that football team. They're what they're five and five and twelve now. But I think I think I saw a tweet something like nine of their losses or something like that have come by one score. So this is not it's, this isn't the Red Blacks of of 2019 or 2021. This is this is a, be, a much better football team. So you're you're, you're in the they're, they were fighting for their playoff lives too. So. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, everyone, everyone can, you know, he can sit pretty talking about his, his 10 win Argos, but you don't want to see the Ticats in the playoffs because the lot, every time they played in the last decade, Toronto's gone home with note. So yeah. anyway. I, I'm pretty sure Hamilton has beat Calgary. They've beat Winnipeg. Toronto's beat up on, on the lower tier teams, just like Hamilton has for the most part. So we'll see. We'll, we'll, we might see you in the playoffs and you know, we'll see what happens then. Yeah. Uh, from Andrew Harrison. That offense looked dreadful, turning the ball over as many times as they did. But that defense looked as good as any defense in the CFL right now. Need the Riders to lose, and then let's roll the dice and go for it. I mean, we don't even need the Riders to lose. The we Riders just need to win. win tomorrow. It, it would it would yep. make it would make the final week of the season way less stressful if the Riders lost tomorrow. But even if the, if the Tie Cats win in Ottawa next week, where the Red Blacks have not won a game all season, they're going to the playoffs. So. 
I'm, I'm, when, when you're a team, no matter how good or bad you are, that holds your own playoff fate and you're like, you determine your, your playoff destiny, your playoff destination. I don't worry about what other teams. It'll be, like I said, it'll be really nice if Calgary can do us a solid and get the W tomorrow. But if not, they just got to go into Ottawa and get a win, I, which I think they can do. Yeah, this this game, I like, I had anxiety like the whole game. It was just like from the beginning, and then and I and then at the like right at the end, I guess there was a flyover at the football game here in Edmonton. Uh, these jets like flew right over my house, and it just scared the crap out of me. So that was uh, an interesting thing right there. Um, from Adam Consoli, nice to see them come from behind a few games in a row. Turnovers hurt. Game time of years to start coming from behind. Good time of year to start coming from behind. If we make the playoffs, I'm buying my brother a bucket of KFC. Hopefully Saskatchewan loses and we can rest up. Dane is the way. I mean, look, it's it's the time of year where these games are going to be close. And I'd much rather them win these games than come on here talking about moral victories because they, they're winning football games. What, I don't care how they do it. They're winning them. and That's all that matters. From Jim Martin, my poor ticker can't take drama like that. I was ready to throw in the towel a dozen times or more, but somehow we're, we're one win away from the playoffs. Huge props to STE and Shields for stepping up post-injury. Also, what's with TSN cutting away on the final drive? Stagger the game. Yeah, they did do that, actually. They uh, they changed to the Edmonton game, started the Edmonton game. and we had Are to you change. kidding me? Yeah, with like 30 seconds left or something. I had to change to TSN 5. So, And it kept cutting out the whole game, too. Like, it cut out at least twice um for like a minute or two and it just went to commercial and then it came back like mid play so i wasn't impressed tonight with them that's uh i mean i was watching we're gonna get a little off topic here but i was watching a uh for my cable package for the first week of the nba season gives you nba season pass for free so to give you a taste of it and i'm Mm -hmm. watching the knicks and uh grizzlies game because i hate myself and cheer for the new york knicks and the game goes to overtime, and they cut the game off. And I'm like, uh, how, did you, how did you do that? Overtime, man. It's, it's like, like the first the Knicks, rule of like sports. Like stick with the game. You have to stick with it till the end. Yeah, and it's like I was like, I understand. Like it said that there was nothing on, but it's but at the same time, it's like, why would you just not leave the feed? It 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 makes no sense. And and for TSN to do that, like just. If you're showing a game, did we? Uh, they learned this 50 years ago with that damn Heidi Bowl thing that we always hear about. Like, don't bugger. Like, just stick with the game until the end. Mm-hmm. Stick with yep. the game until the end. I, every other sports league that I watch, most uh, mostly it's football. But if I watch, if I'm watching a college football game or an NFL game, and the game that's starting after is supposed to start, but the, the first game's not over because it goes to overtime or something. They don't turn the game off. They stay with the game because that's what you want to see. The, no, if, it's a blow, if Hamilton was winning 30-6, to six, turn the game off for all I care. But in a tie game, mm-hmm. I would have been – if I was at home watching, I would have been furious. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty angry. Strange breed. Sloppy game for the most part, but that last quarter was super exciting. Schultz was a major game changer at the end there. Now we just need Saskatchewan to do us a favor tomorrow. Yeah, need need is not necessarily the right word, but I but yes, like I said, if if we it would if, be nice. if, if the Riders can lose tomorrow, it'll make for a much more relaxing week. Uh, what uh, game eighteen? I'm not sure. Week twenty one, I guess. Uh, for for all of us here, we'll. 
I mean, that mean, probably means that they make the playoffs at 7-11, but who really cares what the record is as long as they end up getting mm-hmm. to the playoffs and make some, get some wins and win the Cup. Who cares? From Rob Hayes, 63, I sit behind the bench. Injuries don't look good. Jackson is a wrist injury, and it looks like Dame broke a finger. Yeah, it looked like a thumb injury with the way he came off the, the field. Mm-hmm. looked like he was holding his thumb, so that doesn't really surprise me. And as much as a bummer it is that Jackson would be hurt, if, if Hills gets back healthy, like Hills, Hills plays this game if he was healthy anyway. So yep. he's got a bit of a quad injury from what I understand. Hopefully he can come back from that. But yeah, like injury, every team's dealing with injuries this time of year. It just kind of stinks that the, your starting quarterback goes down in the second to last game. From Tiger Sammy, one down, four to go. We got lucky tonight, but the only thing that matters is the win. All eyes on Saskatchewan tomorrow. When I was, I was the fucking Tigers. I was conf- I was confused about the one down. I was like four to go. I was like, oh wait, hold on, yeah, 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 okay. Mm-hmm. A great cup win. I mean, they've won three in a row, so why not win seven in a row? <laughs> yeah, why not? I mean, I'd enjoy it. You know, uh, from Zaya. Bolstered offensive line has really helped not only in protection, but you can see it in the run game. Ground game will be big in the playoffs. That and we have a great kicking game finally. Those two worries are gone. I agree. No, no sacks again today, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, I guess there I guess the the strip the strip fumble of Dane on the first drive technically would count as a sack. But I don't think there was any other sack. And the Red Blacks have the league's leading sack man in Lorenzo Malden, so to hold yep. him, uh, I, actually, he got the strip, so I guess he did get one sack. If that counts a sack, I'm pretty sure it does, but we'll, I'll have to look at the Yeah, sack. and then he got injured. He got injured and uh, wasn't – but he was still a factor. So I think after he got injured, he had that pass deflection. So yeah, uh, that, that guy's a force. There's no doubt we shouldn't have let him go. That's for sure. But, but to, to talk about the offensive line, they held up once again and, and have been a very strong unit for this team over the last month and a half. So mm-hmm. what once yep. was a weakness is now a strength. Yeah, I love it. I, I love this offensive line, line right now, and I think we have guys that, you know, aren't necessarily starting, but could start if uh, if people get injured. So I think we have depth along the offensive line, and these guys are just beasts. They're just pushing guys. Uh, the run game has been outstanding, and the pass protection has been great as well. And uh, no Chris Van Zyl. They have Chris Van Zyl yeah. hasn't played in weeks, so... If they can get him back for the playoffs, that could make the – I'd be hard-pressed to switch anything up, if I'm being honest. Because uh-huh. when the line's playing this well, I'm, even if you can add a guy like that, I'm very nervous about moving things around because they've been – this fivesome has been so good. But if Chris Van Zyl gets back healthy, you, you kind of have to reinsert him into the lineup, and I, that would just make the talent level on the offensive line go up because then one of these guys that's starting could then be one of your backups. It's, I don't know – the Tigers have it's a good problem to have once Van Zyl's healthy come playoff time. From Ari Katz, team effort, Santos knocks, unbelievable knockdown. Keep the momentum going. Tim White and Johnson shined. Dunbar needs to hold that ball. Seth Small going to be big in the playoffs, and we need to sign Seth Small, Seth Small for next year to keep NFL away. Micah has arrived as a leader. That's a good point about about Micah. Micah has picked it, picked up his game in the last couple of weeks. Especially with Dylan Wynn out, he's really stepped up, which has been nice to see. And I may remind me to talk about this on the uh, on on the show next week. But I'm going to look at Seth Small's contract situation. I'm not sure if he's if he's signed for next year, but I'll I'll see what I can find find out from some people in the know to see if he's he will be a Tiger Cat next year. Because if he's 
if he's a free agent or if his contract's up, I'm, I'm with you. You got to get that guy. You got to get that guy inked. Uh, from Jim Burke, gutsy performance wasn't pretty, but they battled to the end. Yeah, pretty pretty succinct way of putting it. Yep. Uh, Stan Peter fan, congrats on the win. Thank you, Stan Peter fan. Well, go go, uh, go do us a favor and get your own win next week, buddy. Yeah, the, there you go. Tomorrow, I mean. Go Stamps go. You'll go never hear me say that again. Good, good <laughs> Lord. Makes me want to vomit. Yeah, uh, it feels weird. But, hey, you, you know what? There's there's no friends in love and war, and you got to mm-hmm. do what you got to do. From our buddy Claudio, we needed the W. We got the W. Not pretty at the least. At the least, but we buckled down and did what we had to do to get the win. Uh, from Jared Breyer, not pretty, but once again, they made up for some big mistakes to steal the win. STE, STE really shined. Hope Dame's hand injury isn't serious. On to the next one. Yeah, Sean Thomas Erlings, this might have been his best game in a couple of years, like since he got hurt in 2019. Like he was, he had a, a couple of big runs, he had some tough inside runs. But again, I, that speaks to how well the offensive line is playing, and with them actually running the football uh, uh, with with some regularity, it allows the line to get into a groove. It's it the the there like I said much earlier. There's there's things there's flaws to, to nitpick in this game, rightfully so. But we also saw a lot of really solid for performances from some. I'm not not backup guys, but you know what I mean, like uh, like your secondary guys, your guys that you expect your star players to step up. Today we got Cedric Wilcox made a big play. Sean Thomas Erlington made a big play. Matthew Schiltz came in and made a big play. Uh, I think it was Tyler Chernowski had a gorgeous route and caught the two point convert. That was huge. Like you saw some of those some of those role players. That's the word I was looking for. Role players step up and, and make some plays tonight. Yeah, it's, that's always a good thing to see because you know when it comes to playoff times, sometimes it's those role players that make the difference, right? So some heroes, right? Yeah, absolutely, and that's that's it for for all the Twitter questions tonight. Um, anything else you'd like to discuss, Josh? No, I think we covered just about everything. Uh, the the consensus seems to be that it was a win, but an ugly win. But that everyone will take it because it's much better this time of year to get a W than to get an L. So go, like you said, go stamps go tomorrow. But uh, if they if they poop the bed at Mosaic, we we just got to do it ourselves. It's like the ending of. Uh, uh, Age of Ultron, the, the post credit scene. Thanos shows up, grabs the Infinity Gauntlet, and says, I guess I got to do it myself. That's the, That'll be the tie cats if the Stamps don't get the win tomorrow. But big win tonight. Uh, we're going to celebrate into the late night after this. There was a lot of a lot of rowdiness after the game, actually, going back to the car after the game. A lot of people cheering and honking and hooting and hollering. It's a uh, yeah, sellout tonight with uh, Tim Morton's yeah. field. You know, a 6-10 and 10 team. You know, in a big game, I, I will admit, but, you know, the fans show up. They just do. They care about this team. That city cares about the Tiger Cats, and they show up when it matters, and I, and I take my hat off to them. Yeah, and it was a legit sellout. Like, there were there were times when people were actually – like, normally there's a sellout, and, yeah, it's tickets sold, and but in the back of your head, you're like, eh, is it really – I know those concourses are full, but, eh, okay. But there are actually people sitting around me in this one, which normally doesn't happen. I, I sit in – and I said, I'm, I'm high up on the on the west side. So people, I, I feel like people buy tickets up there and then we'll, we'll mill around in the concourse on the 100 level because they don't want to climb all those stairs. But there was, a, there was a decent crowd around me. And if you looked across, when I looked across the field at the east side stands, there's a decent amount of people there. So, no, I, I'm with you, man. Like, when I saw that they sold the game out of like 6 and 10 team, like you said, yes, it's a big game, but they're playing a 5 and 11 team. 
not a not a traditional rival by any stretch of the imagination. But that's what winning can do. They, they coming into this game, they'd won their last two. They'd won three of their previous four. They won their last two home games ahead, ahead of this one. So, yeah, the fans showed out. It's it's it was actually I was very impressed with the turnout uh, tonight and a lot of a lot of young people there. Saw a lot of kids. So, an exciting so finish good. like that can make people fans for life. So, yeah. hopefully that that uh, tonight's crowd will will bring upon the next generation of Ticats fans. So the Ticats win 30 to 27 and their record improves to 7 and 10 on the season. They inch closer to the playoffs uh, depending on what happens tomorrow and and maybe next week. But uh, I'd like to thank everyone who, who came and listened to the show. We will be back next week with our regular podcast. I'm Mike Graham. Eat them raw. I'm Josh Smith. Eat them raw. <laughs>